Hey guys, this is the New Heights Church Podcast, and we just want to welcome you and thank you for joining us today. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Here at New Heights, we exist to love people and point them to Christ. Enjoy today's service. Amen. Stand to your feet if you would, please. Father, I'm asking that your people would hear your voice today and not mine. I'm asking, Lord God, that your word would shape us, change us, and mold us like only you can do. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. Amen. You can be seated. Open your Bible, if you would, really quickly to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. If you're in need of faith, you can read Hebrews chapter 11. Come on, somebody. It's a powerful reference of faith. I'm in the middle of a series right now called No Substitute. The reason I say that is because there's a lot of things in life you can have a substitute for. Nowadays, they have substitutes for sugar. I'm not saying saying it tastes just like sugar, but you can substitute it. It's a difference. They have substitutes uh, for teachers. Now, Again, I appreciate all teachers. I appreciate substitute teachers. But every student knows when there is a substitute, the expectations are usually not going to be what they are when the, when the uh, full-time teacher is there. In other words, the substitute teacher sits in the same chair, sits at the same desk, writes on the same chalkboard, but it does not have the same impact as the full-time teacher doesn't mean that a substitute is not applicable. It just means it's different. Another explanation or another example of substitution would be like, like counterfeit money. Looks like money, might even smell like money, but under close examination, it does not have the same value as the real thing. In your life, there are a few things that there are no substitutes for. One of them that we're talking about right now is faith. Everybody say faith. Faith. There is no substitute for faith. So if faith is necessary, matter of fact, Hebrews 11, six says you cannot please God without faith. That word please is interesting because it doesn't mean just make smile. It literally means you cannot be accepted by God without faith. Who in here wants to be accepted by God? So when we're going through life, whether you've been a Christian for five minutes or 500 years, you have to know that faith is still necessary for you to please God. Can I say it differently? Your faith from yesterday will not work for tomorrow. You got to use it again. You got you to stretch those faith muscles. So if, if faith has no substitute, I think we need to find out what the Bible says about it. And I think we need to find out what the Bible, how the Bible defines it. I'll never forget. Uh, our church was about three years old. And, and I remember thinking, boy, we had just bought this building uh, that we're in now, which by the way, I cannot wait to build our new building. Are you with me? Somebody say amen to that. But we just bought this building and, and I thank God for it. I, I thank God for the deal that we got. And I thank God for all the, the great things that have happened here. But I remember we just bought this building and, and I remember 
and, and I was just thanking the Lord and, and I, I felt like the Lord say, what's your church about? I said, come again. I said, what about Jesus? You know? And he said, well, well, I'll tell you what, this is what he said to me. Ask 10 people that go to your church. What is your church about? And I got 10 people that I trust and I didn't tell them I was doing it. I said, Hey, what do you think new heights is about? Oh, New Heights Church is a place where, you know, we can get free. Okay, praise the Lord. Next person. Hey, what do you think New Heights Church is about? New Heights Church is all about Jesus. Also true. Third person. I said, what what do you think New Heights Church is about? New Heights Church is a place where you preach the word of God straight out of the Bible. I was like, that's my favorite answer. (laughs) My point is I got 10 different answers. And I began to think, well, wait a minute. If you have more than one vision, that is die or two vision or division. You can both be after good things, but not have the same vision. I can take you to scripture after scripture where God sent the disciples out in different directions based off the fact that they might not have the same. Each one of them didn't have the exact same responsibility. Paul, he went to the Gentiles as much or more than he went to anybody else. Peter was almost exclusively to the Jewish people. But if they had both decided to do the exact same thing, there would have been friction in the camp indefinitely. So God said, God said, why don't you have a vision? I said, well, I thought we did have a vision. And all of a sudden he said, well, what's your vision? I said, well, I'm going to ask you, what's my vision? Here's what I feel like he told me. I want you to love people and point them to Christ. And now, many of you who've been here that long, you can look back at that time and you can remember when we began to say that. And now we bang that drum till our arms get tired. And if somebody comes to our church one time, especially if they've been to our church two times, they know the vision of New Heights Church, if you know it, say it with me, is to love people and point them to Christ. Because at the end of it, you gotta know You got to know a thing to be a part of a thing. So when faith is something that's required to please God, faith needs to have a definition that we can understand because once we understand it, then we can implement it. But if we don't understand it, we can't implement it. We'll think that faith is a Hallmark card. We'll think that faith is, is however I feel in a given moment. One of the challenges that, that I have with a lot of, with a lot of, uh, uh, one of the things that I, I'm very cautious who I listen to. If it's not applicable and it's not out of the Bible, I'm not saying I don't value it at all. I just put that subordinate to anything the word of God says. So what I mean by that is you cannot take some pie in the sky idea of what faith is and actually expect to use it. You've got to have the definition of faith according to the word of God so that you can actually apply it. Because if not, you might be applying something that looks like faith. Come on, somebody. Sounds like faith. Come on, somebody. But just like that dollar bill, that's not really a dollar bill under close examination. It does not have the same value as biblical faith. Hebrews 11 and one. Now, somebody said now, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Somebody say now. Now. 
Faith has a time. And faith is right now. You got born again by faith, but that was the first time you're supposed to use your faith, not the last time. You're supposed to use your faith every day to believe God. And the question is, well, what am I even believing God? You're believing God in the areas that you cannot see the answer. Faith is the substance. That word substance is two words in the original language mashed together. Stand under. We would translate it understand. But it literally means that faith or pistis is the belief that we stand under and it is the verifiable proof that what we can't see is going to happen. So when you come to this church, we ask you to stand under our vision. To love people and point them to Christ. If you hate people and point them to Christ, go to another church. If you love people and point them to Muhammad, go to another church. Here, we love people and point them to Christ. We do not point at people, come on somebody, and love Christ. We love people and point them to Christ. What is love? For this is love. Not that we loved him, not that we first loved him, but that he first loved us. That's why we first love people. Well, what if they talk about us? For this is love. Not that they first loved us, but we first loved them. What do you mean? Well, we're going to love people and point them to Christ. Well, what is love? Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious. Love is not boastful. Love doesn't keep a record of wrongs. See, it's not just a sentence we say. It's what we stand under. And when you stand under a thing, you are protected by the thing you stand under or exposed by its limitations. You and I could be standing in a rainstorm. If I have an umbrella and you don't, we have two different experiences happening in the same environment. Not because it's not raining, but because I'm standing under something. And you might not be. So for us, now faith is the thing that we stand under and it's the evidence of what we cannot see. Evidence literally just means the verification, the proof. That means in Christ, as you live by faith, there will be many, many, many times that you will not see the answer and you have to know you are right where God wants you to be. Because if you could see the answer, faith would not be possible. I'm going to slow down for just a second. If you could see the answer, faith would not be an option. And you have to live by faith to please God. Which means God is not trying to hide a thing from you as much as he's trying to make sure you trust his word more than you see. Because the opposite of faith is not doubt. The opposite of faith is sight. I live by faith, not by... I live by faith, not by... That means when I can see a thing, it's not a faith problem. You got a busted water pipe, you can pray till you're blue in the face. But if you can see the water leaking, you probably need a plumber more than you need the Holy Ghost. 
because you can see it. I don't get weird. I know God can help you find the right plumber and all that. But if you can see it, you can fix it. But if you can't see it, you're going to need somebody that's operating in the unseen realm. You see how this all ties together? The scripture goes on to say, by it, faith, the elders obtained a good report. That's everybody that we understand from the Old Testament that lived and died in faith. They obtained a good report, not because of what they'd done. They obtained a good report by faith. In other words, they pleased God, but it was the faith that they had in him that actually caused God to be pleased, a.k.a. caused God to accept them. So for the rest of your life, you have to understand there's no substitute for faith. So I I just want to say this and I'll I'll try to say it, you know, kindly because I I really want to be kind, but you not knowing everything is a part of the plan and you crying about everything you don't know is a part of the devil's plan for your life because he's going to try to convince you that God doesn't want you to see it because God doesn't love you. But the reality is, is you can't see it because God wants you to trust him. And when you can trust him, then you're actually living by faith. And when you're living by faith, now you're standing under the proof and the evidence of what God said is true. And literally you can go through life without knowing all the details and have more peace than somebody who knows everything. Because if it was all on you, think about it. If you had all the data and you were required to make every decision on your life, you would crawl in the carpet and cry every day because of the gravity of your decisions. Plus, you would so shortchange what God actually called you to do. Because sooner or later, you'd begin to settle for something you can see. Which is why the devil's throwing stuff at your, at your uh, senses all the time to try to get you to just go off track just a little bit. What did Eve say? Oh, there's some fruit. That looks pretty good. It's what she could see. Because what you can see will derail what God is sending. But it requires faith and faith has no substitute. There's nothing. There will never be anything that is a substitute for faith that has the result that God's word, that God's word indicates with regards to faith. What that means is you got to know what faith is. So what is faith? Faith is the belief that we stand under that says what we can't see is going to happen even though we don't see it working. Faith is kneeling over your lifeless son and saying, you will not stay like this. You will live. You will not die. There will be no negative effects on your life. The name of Jesus is above everything that can be named. Now wake up, baby boy. That's faith. Faith is saying something you want to see, not saying something that you see. Abram called things that were not as though they were. God calls things that are not as though they were. Let there be light. Then he says, you have dominion and authority here. The power of life and death is in your mouth. 
So for you and for me, back to Romans 10, for you and for me, we have to believe a thing first and then say it. That's why there's going to be some people in hell that said all the right stuff, but never believed it. Somebody say, not me. (laughs) You can't just go, it's called lip service. You know, people have tried it with you your whole life. Say the right thing, but there's no belief structure behind it. The belief is the belief is the, is the catalyst that changes your future. So that you're not going through life spending the rest of your days worrying. You're going through life spending the rest of your days worshiping. And the greatest opportunity you have is when you cannot see him working. And when you cannot see him working is when he's doing the most important work. But there's not going to be a time in your life. Boy, it's quiet in here today, Jake. There's not going to be a time in your life when God's just going to go, okay, you've lived for me long enough. Here's the rest of the plan, full and punctuated. On the contrary, what I've seen in my life and what I see in the scripture is the further along you go with him, sometimes the less he trusts the less you know, which is an evidence that he trusts you. Oh, that doesn't make any sense. Okay, your two-year-old daughter, you say, go into the restaurant. Do you just send them across the four-lane highway? No, because they're not mature yet. Hold my hand. Look, both ways. Okay, look, there's a car. We're going to wait after the white van. We're going to go by. Okay, ready? One, two, three, let's go. If you're still doing that with your 26-year-old daughter, all you say to the 26-year-old daughter is meet you at the restaurant. In other words, it's way less information because your trust is higher based off their maturity level as opposed to the opposite. Oh, he didn't tell me how to cross the street. He must not love me. What? He's trying to take you to new levels, but if you keep asking him to go back to this level, you'll stay stuck here the rest of your life. Because faith is the thing that causes you to be accepted by God. Faith is the thing that there is no substitute for. And when you begin to walk by faith, you begin to realize it's more fun to not know everything. I love that scripture that he says, I know the plans I have for you. He never said, you know the plans you have for you. So if you didn't write the script, come on somebody. I think it would be more valuable to let the one who wrote the script run the play. Come on somebody. So there's no substitute for faith. Let me just give you a few a few points before we close. I know we have, uh, we have to get the, the, the room switched over and everything for the next service. I'm going to give you a couple of things that faith is not. Faith is not passion. 
How many of you in here have ever been passionate about something you found out you were wrong about? Just us guys. Cool. Passion is not faith. Passion can be a sign of faith. It can be an evidence of faith. Somebody comes to you and says, oh man, God's not working. Excuse you and the horse you rode in on. Come on, somebody. God is working. He's on the scene. If you could, if you could see through the veil for a half a second, you'd see there was angels all in this room. Do you know one of the reasons why angels come to church? Because they're in love with the word of God. They're in love with worship. So when people get together to gather around the word of God and to worship, it is like moths to a flame. That's why the angelic, that's why the angelic realm is so active in a church service. But at the end of it, the concept of passion and faith are not always the same because you can have your passion lined up with something wrong. Another one, worship is not always faith. The same way that you can say a thing and not believe a thing. You can sing the song and not believe what you're saying. And it's not faith. Because faith is the belief. It's the pistis. That's the original language that we stand under. So if you're singing a song but not believing it, you can have the presence of God and still not have faith. Because when you worship, he shows up. But if you don't believe it, you can be like everybody that was next to the woman with the issue of blood. You can be a spectator and see a miracle, but never experience a miracle. Touching the same Jesus. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. And everybody else is going, there's the carpenter's son. Nothing. Is that that, is that, that Nazarite? Is that Jesus from Nazareth? He don't look that cool to me. And a woman from the outside of the crowd says, I don't know if they're going to get it. But if I, can just, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, then that dynamite power of God is going to cause this blood issue to dry up immediately. Same Jesus, same crowd. What's the difference You can't please God without faith. Some people worship out of fear. Worship is a byproduct of the faith that you have in the God of the Bible. And it's one of our most powerful tools and most natural acts because when you have a time where faith is your answer in other words you cannot see the answer 
then worship is a reasonable response for somebody who is in covenant with him. Oh, you're working this out. I see you coming. Oh, not with these eyes, God. I see you coming in this book. I see you chasing me down. I see you overtaking me with your blessing and favor. I see you changing my family. I see my sons and daughters rushing back to the house of God. I see the hand of God on my business. I see the hand of God on my household. I see it, Lord God. Oh, I worship you. All the while, your friends and maybe even your family are saying, are you nuts? God's not working. And you're saying, you're looking with the wrong eyes. I know my God is working. I know my God is working. Well, what happens if God fails you? That's impossible. What if you die? I'll see Jesus. How can you be so sure? It's what I stand under. How do you know? Because I have proof. What's your proof? I'm standing under it. Because faith has no substitute. So you can't claim one thing where faith belongs. If you can see the answer, faith doesn't necessarily go there. Wisdom goes there. Wisdom wears a helmet. Faith trusts God for what you can't see coming. Ephesians, put on the helmet of salvation. I grew up riding all kind of things. Horses, dirt bikes, four-wheelers, stuff. Still do, by the way. I didn't always wear a helmet, even as a kid. Not saying it was smart, but anytime I knew I was going to do something risky, I didn't have to have somebody convince me to put it on. Because when you're doing something that it increases your chances of having an adverse encounter, you need the protection because if you knew you were going to wreck, you wouldn't ride that day. You just leave the bike in the garage. That's what the helmet of salvation is for you. And if you're spending all your time, spiritually speaking, on the couch to try to save your salvation, you've missed the concept that your helmet of salvation is designed to protect you when you didn't know you were going to fall. If you knew you were going to fall, you wouldn't have gone. If you knew you were going to slip up. He said, well, how do I know? Ready? Faith. It's believing in something I can't see. You can't see the helmet of salvation. You just got to trust that it's there. Because the minute you slip up and cuss somebody out in traffic, Jake, the devil will start telling you, see, you're not a Christian at all. 
The minute you slip up and say something you wish you hadn't said, do something you wish you hadn't done, do something you know you wouldn't do, the devil will sit there and say, you're not changed at all. And God's standing over you saying, wake up, baby boy. This will have no effect on your life. That helmet that I strapped on your head was not made for when you thought you would need it. It was for when you didn't know you were going to need it. And it's faith that verifies that that is the concept from the word that you are standing under. Therefore, you might be going through things, but you are not going through them like everybody else is. You're standing in the storm with an umbrella. Everybody else may be adversely affected by the flood. They may even drown. And you and all the animals that God's entrusted you with will just rise and float on the waves. Every other boat may get tossed and thrown and sunk to the bottom of the sea. But if you'll ask him, Jesus says, you can actually walk and dance on this stuff. Not because you can see it. But because you believe what you cannot see. Because faith has no substitute. You're not going to get to a place in God. Where you no longer have a requirement of believing him in an arena, a realm, or a situation where you don't have all the answers. You will always now. Last point, then I'm going to close. Now faith is. Present tense conjugation. Now Do you remember when Jesus changed the water into wine? And the Bible says that the the leader of the feast, the one who, the governor of of the feast, the one who was responsible for everything, they brought him the wine that Jesus made. He took one drink and here's what he said. Most people put out the best stuff first. But you have saved the best for now. He didn't say the best for last because you don't know when the last is. No man knows the day nor the hour when their soul will be required of them. But you know when now is. He didn't save the best for last. He saved the best for now. Well, how is that? That's because we're not serving a past tense God. When Moses says, who do I tell him you are? He said, I am, present tense, that I am, present tense. I'm your present help in time of need. There's never going to be a time when you won't have to use your faith. And there'll never be a substitute for faith in your life. Can we give God a hand of praise this morning? I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there are a couple of things that I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episodes will always be in your feed waiting for you, ready when you are. And secondly, follow us on social media. 
that is the best way to stay up to date on everything happening at New Heights. We look forward to you joining us next time on the New Heights podcast. And if you are ever in the Bryan College Station area, we invite you to come out to New Heights Church for a live service. I promise we'll make you feel right at home.